Hey, how you doing? Welcome back to another Boss Talk episode with Rick. I have my good friend Hussein here. Um, he has a book out called Fear. Just dropped, I believe, in November. Am I right? Um, he won the SBA um competition, the best businessman of the year, 2020. Yeah, yeah, one in nine people that won in the state of Texas. Yeah, know the region. Yeah. Big, big, big accomplishment in 2020, man. Especially when it's like all these bad things happening in 2020. I'm glad you got some type of shine at the end of the tunnel, you know, some type of light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. But um, coming off of that, tell my uh, followers, my um, my fans, the audience, just tell them who are you? Who is uh, you saying? Yeah, well, currently I'm talking to you as an author, right? I dropped my first book. In a previous life, I was an educator in New York City. I was a math, a math coach or a staff developer. I worked for the city of New York for 14 years. I was a teacher. At the end of my career, I traveled around the city and I would go to schools that were underperforming in math and help them get their, their grades up during that time or rather basically my whole life. And that's in the book. We'll get into that. I just always love business and I've always loved solving problems, right? A mathematician. And basically that's, that's what business really is. So, you know, I'm a dad, a businessman and a problem solver. What do you feel like people, some people say like, if you have a, if you have a son or a daughter, if you had a kid, it kind of hinders you of your success. How, what do you believe in that? Like, do you believe in it or you like, nah, it really didn't hinder nothing. Everything is perspective. And nothing is 100% all the time. So, and this is actually something that's in the book, right? So we jump right in. There's a chapter that I wrote about my daughter, but I didn't really talk about our relationship. Um, let, me, let me go back and I'll jump forward. So fear, right? Is forget everything and reset. So what does that mean? I chose different stories in my life that impacted me that helped me or were a part of my growth as a, as a businessman. So when I was younger, I'm 38 now. When I was younger, I was like, I'm gonna go in. Second job, third job, overtime, side business, hustle, hustle. So my daughter was good. And then what would happen is I even broke down the hours in the book in a week, how much time I actually got to see her. And it would be talking about a couple hours. Cause I work on Saturday, work on Sunday, overtime, blah, 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 blah. And um, so she wasn't a hindrance, she was a motivation, but there was no quality time, vacations, whatever, but not day in and day out. Now that she's older and there's freedom and then all the things that I gave her in guidance, it's easier and that's why I ended up retiring. So to answer your question, I think it's a matter of perspective. If somebody feels like their child is a hindrance, then they're gonna be a hindrance. If right. you feel like your child is motivation, then they're gonna be motivation. Um, uh, I think another answer is that it's tough. You know, it is tough to, because you have to look after your child. But again, my daughter was motivation for me. A lot changed for me when she was born, so. Yeah, when, when my son was born in February, I'm like, yeah, I can't work for another man. Like, if, if, it, if that man decides to wake up and fire me today, he can. If he wake up on the wrong side of the bed, I do something, he could fire me. And I don't want to, disappoint my son you know like I had grown up without a father and I wanted to be that father figure where he looks up to me like I'm a superhero like yo he did what he had to do to make where I'm at now like you know when he get older 
So my, I always tell people, my son is my motivation. Like I can't, I can't not stop. I can't stop. If I stop, he gonna think it's okay to to slack off, and it's not okay. Slacking off would put you in a big hole, you know. Sure. So, what do fear mean to you? Like, what's the, what made you think of? Oh, let me call this book fear. Let me get this slogan. You know. So initially, it was like three or four years ago. I was doing these public speaking engagements. And um, business started to take off. So people are always mentored. And that's, that's one of the things I do, right? Being an educator. Uh, somebody said, you should write a book. You should write a book. You should, write, you should do a podcast. You should write a book. And I was like, eh, I'm not really a writer. I'm a math guy. And then it was just all these stories. And then one day, I just, I had this, this crazy conversation. It's, it's one of the ones that actually made the book. And I was like, this is so crazy. I have to put this, I have to write this down. So I don't forget the, that this conversation happened. And it made me laugh. And I was like, this is good. And then another story came up and then another one. And I was like, I'm just gonna start jotting these things down. And then there was a thread. Now I'm in real estate primarily. That's how I made my millions. It was financial education about real estate. But then my fiance was like, how many people are really gonna read a book about real estate? Not that there's not many, but it's, it's a percentage. She was like, so you got to broaden that because I wouldn't read a book about real estate necessarily. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. But forget everything and reset is like, what, like, what does that even mean? Let me. So now fear is already an eye catcher. And then now it's reset. What? Like, so then it becomes a, a more global conversation. And the book stopped being about real estate and it started being more about your mindset. So yeah, I talk about real estate a little bit, but I talk more about I was in this situation, and if I would have kept going down that down that path, I wouldn't be here. In that moment, I was like, "Hold on, let me think." And then, and like every like everything else, it came together organically. Well, do you believe like I? Not do you believe? I hear a lot about like um, misconceptions about becoming an entrepreneur that puts fear in people. Like when I was, when I was um, growing up in high school, everybody told me, yo, you got to work. You got to go to college. Like if you want to be something um, around 2015, I'm like, no, nah. I told my brother, I'm like, I want to make my own clothing. I want to be my boss. Like, I don't like everybody need clothes. Everybody need real estate. Somebody has, you got to have a roof over your head. You got to have clothes on your back. You know, um, what's the biggest misconceptions you have uh, you saw or heard about becoming an entrepreneur? You know what's ill that you said that? People can only give you their perspective. So my assumption is that the people who were telling you you need to go to job, that maybe you were a teacher, because they had a job and they told you to go to school because they went to school. So people can't really see past their own experiences. If you were around a bunch of hustlers, they're going to tell you how to hustle because that's, you know, ball players. They're going to tell you what they know. So for me, I think one of the biggest misconceptions about being an entrepreneur is that it's easy and it's not. And you got to have a stomach for that. I know a lot of people who feel like, I got it, I get money, but you don't keep money. And your money don't, doesn't work for you. So one of the other misconceptions is that just because you could generate income that, that, you're, that you're doing well. 
well is again it's a matter of perspective but like take take me for you know what don't even talk about me let's talk alan iverson i haven't made the money that alan iverson has generated in his career but whose finances look a certain kind of way mike tyson a 500 million in the 80s that, that would make him a billionaire now adjusted for inflation but he didn't keep it he's doing good now he's getting back on mm-hmm. but it's not what you make it's what you keep and in terms of being an entrepreneur there's two types of ways to make money, right? Active and passive. Active means you're hustling, you're on the grind, you're getting it. And passive means you're making money while you're asleep. 90% of my money is passive, which means I don't have to go to work. I could do whatever it is. This is promotional. This will generate income for me to sell a book where I could be asleep and my thing is ringing. So, um, so, the, so two misconceptions is that people think it's easy. It's a tremendous amount of work to grow something organically and then maintain it. And the second thing is that making money makes you successful. You can't pay me a million dollars to have a job. Just like you can't, somebody can't tell me what to do. I can't, I don't have that mindset. I'm not wired that way. You know what I mean? So, so yeah. what was the, what was the moment when you was like, uh, yeah, I made it. Like, I'm successful now. Like, you deemed yourself successful. You wasn't waiting for nobody to, oh, he's successful. You deemed yourself successful. I think there's a few points, a few of those are in the book. And what I learned over time is that success isn't a destination, right? So when you say, you know, I'm successful, like it's done. It's not like that. Success is the path. So as long as you're pursuing your goal, whatever that is, you're successful because you're actively working towards progress. Um, I will tell you, there's there's a, a story in a book or a chapter in a book where I, where I made my first, I think it was like $100,000 in a day. And I was like, I got a 100G check, like, this is mine, right? I bought a property, I sold it, and it was cash, so I had, it was my check. And I was like, this is crazy, like what am I gonna do? So I invested the majority of it and I had another deal. And then it was like a couple months later, I had another $50,000 check. And I was like, I'm still a teacher now, right? Mm-hmm. Regular salary, a few thousand a month, whatever, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I got 50 Gs, I already had 100. I'm up. I'm celebrating. I brought a presidential. I bought a Beamer. Well, I didn't buy it because that, that's giving the assumption that I pay cash. I'm a little smarter than that. I acquired a, a Beamer, got a presidential, invested some more, bought some clothes. So, you know, like, you got fashion, like, pictures in the book. Well, like old school polo, Indian head, all the stuff I couldn't get before. And that's when I was like, yo, I'm the man. I'm the man. <laughs> 50 G's is like a regular, it's a regular trend. In real estate, that's not big. It's a regular day. Yeah. That was when, that was like 2014. I was like, I'm done. I'm quitting. I'm, that, that was the real. And then I learned that I was broke because I started hanging out with people who was having those type of regular days. And mm-hmm. they and they weren't acting and dressing and moving like that because they had real money. Yeah. <laughs> they had real money. It was like, oh, that's cute. I, I feel like people, uh, they don't know the difference between wealth and rich. I feel like rich is just like you have money. Wealth is 20 years from now, you still go have money. Right. And, and the thing with that is, and that's what I'm talking about, making money and keeping it. And I'm going to send this interview. The person who I'm sending to, when I send it to you, I'm talking about you. I have one of my one of my young like love one of my younger cousins, love her. 
kid gets bread. But because he's so young and he comes so fast, it goes fast. And I'm like, bro, invest. Like, you could have bought 100 houses by now. Next month, I got you. And spending the money that whatever. So like you said, so rich is cash in hand. But if you had a million dollars in the bank and no job and no assets, a bank wouldn't talk to you. I have a story like that in the book because I had a, a person who inherited, they had a, a lawsuit. They got a ton of money and they couldn't deal with a bank because they didn't have all their paperwork and everything together. Whereas you can have somebody with, I started real estate with $2,500 of my own money. But I had a job and I had the know-how and I knew about leverage and, and, and they worked with me as a bank and then you know we grew assets. So I'll I, I go on paper, I'll go on record. I'm not counting anybody's pockets, but I'll say this. This kid definitely had more than enough to start, but that money can stop tomorrow. And then all you have to show is a bunch of clothes a bunch, and a bunch of memories. So yeah, Rich, Mike Tyson will tell you about that. I, I, I could definitely speak about that. Um, making money, it's going to come and go, man. And we think like, oh, I'm a, I just need a phone call and I'm back up. Like, I'm cool. When those phone calls stop, you like, excuse my language, but you shit out of luck. Like, I keep it real, you know, like, take it from me. Like, I was down to my, when I tell you I was down to my last, just having a kid, stopping everything, and then, like, building yourself back up is the toughest process you have to go through. Like, you have to go through that to become something, you know? And that's the thing. And that's what I was saying before. You have to have a stomach. See, you were able to get that because there's something in you that makes you tick a certain way. And there's also something about your mindset, my mindset, people with similar mindsets. Like, I'll give you an example. A thousand people could watch this. Let's say tomorrow, a thousand people watch this. 800 of them, just 80%, are not going to gravitate to it. They're not. Nah, I'm going to work. I'm going to school. Okay. 10% are going to mess with it, but they're not going to be able to follow through, right? You got to be willing and able. They'll be willing, but they don't got that. Like you said, you lost money. You had to probably put your last, sometimes an order, a shipment and come in on clothes. And you're like, yo, I got to pay this, but like, what am I going to do? But those lessons teach you how to get busy with real money. If you can't manage a thousand, you can't manage a million. So that's why a lot of times when people are giving a lump sum, fools and money, but you're building yours from the ground up. You're building all your stuff organically. So you're going to learn those lessons, and that's why you're passing on wisdom. And I and I definitely, I research a lot. Um, people don't understand that research is super valuable when you're trying to start anything. Just look at the people who did it before you. You don't have to do it like them. Just take little step, little tips from them and just make it yours. And people don't really understand that. Like I'll be trying to, people, I see people uh, start podcasts and stuff. And I try to get them game, like, yo, you know, you would get money just off your audio. Do you know that? Like, you could you could post it on YouTube. That's fine, bro. But you would get money off of audio by itself. It's two different bags. You you okay with just one bag? I'm never okay with just one bag. Because right. if that falls through, you got nothing. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I be trying to educate people that, because somebody put me on to that. Like, yo, right. you get money from that. And every time somebody try to come up, yo, hit up this app and you do that. You know what I'm saying? I ain't going to give you no, no sponsorship right now because you ain't paying us. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, yeah, like, and people have to understand and be 
receptive to knowledge, to to his game. And some people don't understand, like, oh, he's just trying. He always talking that shit to me, like, oh, man, whatever. No, nah, bro, I want you to win. You know what I'm saying? You know what it is? And this is something I'm learning now. I'll give you a little bit, little bit more. So I'm 38. I retired last year, 37, right? I was supposed to retire at 36, had a car accident, had to stay for insurance. It was a whole thing. But I, I could say I retired. I walked away from full-time. I was a teacher. Full-time job, summer school, benefits, pension, all that. Walked away from that because I was comfortable to do, comfortable enough with my investments paying me, right? Own properties, other businesses, what have you. So I gave myself 100%. So now why am I saying that? I'm saying that because... My perspective one year later, give or take, right? Because I retired in September. So give or take one year later, I have so much more experience. I've seen things and then we had COVID and we had to, you know, get through. So uh, if, if we spoke a year or two ago, I would have said, yo, you got to cut those people off. Yo, they hate is it. But now I know a little different. And what you got to understand is just like, your son was just, how's your son? 10 months. 10 months. So at 10 months, he's not walking. You know what I'm saying? He can't speak. So you're going to get mad at him because he can't give you a sentence back? You're going to get mad at him? He can't? No. So, because why? Because it's obvious with a baby that developmentally, they're not capable of that yet. Now what you got to look at with adults or young teens or whatever is that developmentally, they are only in a certain space. And what you also have to remember is that they're looking at you in a certain way. So if somebody's level or somebody's perception of success is a rose and and, and an iced out watch and and a mansion, and you don't have that, you're not an authority figure at that moment. So it's not that you cut them off. If they're good people and you know you want to keep keep them around you. What I learned over my five years in this in in, um, formal real estate business is that the people that I reached out to early was, yo, if you give me this money, we can invest and we could do. And they were like, you're doing the same thing I'm doing. Uh-huh. And then I got my first one. And I got my second one. And I got my 10th one. I got my 20th one. And then I was like, I'm about to retire. And they're like, and then I retired. And then and I got the award. And, then, and now those same people are like, yo, so you don't, you don't like shit on them. Now they, they, didn't, they know that they can believe you because you've done it. And this, that, and the third. So don't get frustrated when you're trying to give game to people. It's not that they're not receptive. It's just that they're not able to comprehend it yet. Because they're not at that level. Like maybe you five years ago, maybe, maybe. You might have talked and you weren't ready to get that information. But now you look at that conversation like, damn, he was spitting game. No, but- that was me. That was me. In 2017, I was ripping and running. And people are like, yo, you, your mind runs too much. You could do it. You could do so much with it. Man, man, shut the fuck up, man. Like, go ahead, dog. Like, I'm just doing this. Like, leave me alone. Like, don't worry about me. And then when I started my clothing business, I asked for help. Like, I was one of those to, if I know you, you have a clothing line, I'm going to ask you, like, yo, where do you get your clothes wholesale at? Like, where you get your equipment? And people wasn't rocking with me. They was like, yo, I can't. Like, you sell clothes too. Like, I can't tell you where I get my stuff from. Like, bro, I'm not trying to compete with you. Like, it's two different things. Like, and when I moved away from Philadelphia, I moved to the Poconos. I felt success. I'm like, I moved out of that neighborhood. That was, 
everybody in my neighborhood growing up, that was their goal, moving out of the neighborhood, moving out. If I move out, I know I'm good. And when I did it, when I could afford to move out, and I did, I want to bring everybody with me. Yo, come on. Don't even pay rent. To live with me to see difference. If I feel like if somebody puts somebody in a different environment, they think differently. If you always in the hood, always ripping and running, man, you gonna think about doing what the hood does. If you come up where people all talk about business, like we just had a, a, a network conference over the weekend. We brought like just two random people, like our friends that not that's not part of the network. But when they seen how serious we were, they're like, oh, like we thought y'all was just goofing around. Like y'all just making little videos here and there. No, like it's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that people can't comprehend. And when I come down, tell them like, yo, this is the rules. They're like, oh, like you did all that? Yeah, I did this. Like this is what you have to do to become something. You have to know the ins and outs of any business you're in, any industry. And I feel like people just doing it just because they see somebody else doing it. Like, oh, they see you selling houses. Oh, I can sell a house too. But right. not knowing the ins and outs, like, no, like, you have to talk to those people. You know how I talk to people? No, right. you don't. Like, learn. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, with that being said, what's... I, I, it might be, like, too deep. And if you want to get deep, you can. Great. What, you know, your fear, your book is on fear. Um, forget everything and reset. What you think would be somebody fear to do that, to go through resetting? There's that's a, that's a broad answer, but the but the thread, the common thread, is their mindset, right? So what is fear? Fear is anticipation. I'm scared of getting punched. I'm scared of getting in trouble. I'm scared of getting arrested. I'm scared of getting caught, right? My girl, I'm scared of... So fear is anticipation. Once you understand that you could control that that physical response to what you think is going to happen, now you have real power. And in the book, again, there's there's a few different um, experiences, but let's say like I grew up in Brooklyn, you're in Philly. You grew up in Philly. of exercise because of like your ego, right? Yo, he said that about your mom, you gonna let him say that? I'm not a punk. So now you're scared of people, their perception of you. Whereas now you're like, I'm gonna get into a fist fight with this dude over a conversation. There's no real threat there. I have a choice to walk away. I got a good life. I'm a scrap, prove that I'm tough. Yeah. He broke. Right. Well, he's, he's I don't have to prove nothing to that man. I don't have to prove nothing to nobody. So I think fear, a lot of it comes from like a lack of confidence, a lack of knowledge of self, a lack of just culture, right? So that, that's what I think the root of it is, is, is the lack of the knowledge that you could control your responses to anything. I feel like, like growing up, um, I was like a straight A student, A's and B's. Until I got to middle school. Middle school, you know, the the little auditorium, they put you in, they give you your reward, your awards. And I had like advanced or proficient in like the PSATs. And they're like, oh, you're a nerd, but you bad as shit. Like, that's weird. Like, you weird. And ever since then, I'm like, oh, being smart is weird. All right, then. Like, and I forgot that. 
But now I'm seeing people like, oh, you you want to stop hustling to go make your business? That's weird. And now I'm when I see that, I'm like, yo, like that shit not weird, bro. Like these niggas is weirdos for trying to trap, bro. If they so afraid of making a business, but you're not afraid of getting locked up, locked up, you lose your life. Creating a business, you ain't losing nothing. Like people got to understand, but being a hustler, it's glorified right now. So it's like, oh yeah, I trap. Yeah, I got the packs in, bro. That's nothing. You are nobody doing that. You know what I'm saying? If you want to become somebody, you like like your book said, you gotta forget all that. Like you could use those those, those skills you learn. You know what I'm saying? Like oh I oh I brought it for this much. I can sell it for this much. School teach you that, but if you wasn't in school, you learn that from the street. Right. And people don't understand that, oh, I only could use this for drugs. Bro, no, you can't, bro. Like, I could get a shirt for $3. I'm selling it for $25. You do the math. Right. And you know what I'm saying? 800, a little bit more than 800% markup. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So you do the math. And when I talk to them like that, they understand it like that because I talk with aggression. I, like, like, if you, like, if you're my worker, if I'm giving you the drugs, yeah, I'm giving you these clothes. I'm giving you this knowledge. You know what I'm saying? So you don't have to, oh, I got to pay this man back. Like, oh, they just caught my pack and No, bro. No. Like, and that's what I always try to give. When Every time I go back to my neighborhood, I try to show them different. Like, yo, like, you see me? I ain't trapping, bro. Like, I got businesses. My girl got businesses. And she wasn't even in on some, like, oh, I want to know, like, she wasn't really in no business. Not all females want a business until they get around that man, that alpha man that, oh, and it rubs off on them. Like, oh, I could do that too. Why not? We both incomes is better than one income. You know what I'm saying? And I feel as though every man needs a strong woman to, to set them straight or to push them. You know That's, what I'm saying? Anything you do, anything you do, there's going to be levels to it, right? So if you're nice and ball, and you play against people that's trash, you're going to get worse. The only way to get better is to play with people that's equal to you or better than you. Because then you learn skills from them, it makes you go harder in the center. Everything is like that. We're designed, our, our bodies are designed to adapt. That's it. Like you said, if you put somebody in the hood or you put somebody here, it's nature versus nurture. Certain people have certain skills. Certain people have certain makeups that's going to limit them in certain ways. But more, more than less, what you're around is going to determine your, your final outcome. And that's why I think that having conversations about mindset and about choices and understanding that your response to things are choices. I got that game when I was younger. Again, that's in the book. And um, I'll give you a little bit, little bit of story or whatever. Like, I mean, you got a book. Like, after like, my gift to you, you're going to get a copy of the book. So if you wanted to support the book, you could do that. But you, you got a copy for sure. I'm going to read a book. I'm going to read a book. I've been looking for something to read. I got you. So you definitely get a copy of the book. Um, you know, we'll make sure you get, we'll get, you get you a copy of the book. But in there, there's a story. So I'm from Brooklyn. Whatever. I was doing regular teenage stuff. Ended up in a couple fights, whatever. We do. Graduated high school. The weekend I was graduating, or the day before I graduated, I got into a situation in my hallway. Got into a fight, whatever. My mother was like, no. You're going to graduate. You're not going to college. You're not going to be here fighting and then get in trouble. So she sent me away, sent me to Minnesota, to the Midwest. First time I ever been in a house, like, 
First time I ever was like, damn, you got a crazy garage. I was in the middle of the hood. Look at Northside Minneapolis. Yo, they murder cops, broad daylight. I was in a way worse hood than where I lived in Brooklyn. <laughs> but I thought it was great because I see houses and grass. But it, North Minneapolis is rough. Well, it used to be. I heard they're gentrifying out. And doing some investing out there is gentrifying, so it's good, right? <laughs> but anyway, kind of like Philly, right? I, I invest out of Philly, right. too. You know, you see how the North changes or whatever. But that being said, so Midwest is a lot of pimps, pimp culture, St. Louis, Wisconsin, pimps, pimps, And I had to be around one. And um, long story short, in his kind of he, but you only really like check somebody you care about. So I was 18. I was like, y'all want to fight this dude, but he was my, my cousin's homeboy. So it was like, it wasn't happening like that. Like there was, there was, it wasn't whatever. And then when it was done, he, my, my, my um, older cousin gave me game. He was like, yo, do you hear what he's telling you? Like he might've said it wrong because he was drunk, but what he was telling you was like, you got to change your perspective on things. And he was talking about girls. Cause like, I was like, oh, I should mess with shorty, I mess with shorty. And remember he's a pimp. This whole thing is girls got to pay you the, you the prize, you the prize. And in like a weird way, he's right. Because if you really valued yourself, you wouldn't be messing with any type of shorty. Cause now that girl gets to run around and say, she messed with you. That brings your stock down. Uh-huh. You should make I took shorty on, I did, we, did, we went to the club, we went to the hotel. You look like a sucker. Now, after that conversation, and he caught me early. He caught me at 18. There were so many girls that wanted to chill or whatever. You look a certain kind of way. I would never look at it. I'm like, I forbid. I get her pregnant. That's going to be the one I guess. So I got that game from a pimp. So now imagine if an articulate, educated person, or even like somebody like myself who could kind of toe the line, a kid will listen to that. Why? Because now that kid could look at me and be like, I want to be like him. Nah, I shouldn't be running around with 100 shorties. I should get a good girl at work or I should focus on me and bet. He's still going to mess with girls, but it may not be just to say that you did. Mm-hmm. And you could bring that to business. Like, all business not good business. Me and my friends was just arguing about it, like, a week ago. Like, yo, like, all business not good business, bro. Like, even if they they say they want to show you love, bro, the malicious acts behind the scenes is what, like, really could hinder you. If you really get deal with them, you don't know who they dealing with. You know, right. like you might not believe all their beliefs. Like, and that can't coincide with your business. I'm not with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I do everything that benefits my business and ethical. You know, like it got and I got morals, man. Some people don't have morals. Like a lot of people don't have morals. Like, yo, like he's like, come on, man. Like, he don't support you this whole time. And then he see you blowing up. Oh, that's my man. Yo, come pick me up. No, bro, you can't do that. Right. And I feel like teenagers are afraid of saying no. Like young yeah. adults. Now, think about it like this. So teenagers, right? Your frontal lobe isn't developed, it's developing. That's why teenagers do wild stuff because they don't. They have that Superman complex. Boys, males and females. Because their frontal lobe is developing. That's your emotions. That's that's all that stuff. That's your logic. That's that's your your character is being developed from about 12 to 25, they said. Now up to 25. So you talk to a 23-year-old, like you talking to like an adult, like a 40-year-old. Meanwhile, their brain might still be figuring out who they are as a person. 
So with that being said, I, t I agree with you 100%. So you got to remember that when you're talking to teenagers. Remember, like, I'm trained to work with K to 12. So I, I do agree with you. Like you said, you're switching junior high school. That's why I wanted to work with junior high school. For teachers, kindergarten, most important grade and the one of the hardest grades to teach because you learn everything you really need in kindergarten. And junior high school is hard because now you got big body people with little kid emotions and they, it's a pack thing, right? Every junior high school kid wants to fit in. That's why there's so many cliques. And that's why you got to catch kids at that age because like same thing with you, like in elementary school, like I did good, whatever. I went to junior high school. I started dealing with girls and sports. That's what I was into. Some of my friends got into hustling. Some of them got into doing drugs. Some of them got into cutting and nah, I like to go to school. It's a fashion show. Mm -hmm. I like to be I like to be fly. You know what I'm saying? Get money, be fly. So if if you catch kids at that age, you gotta know one, you gotta have patience with them. And and you just gotta be yourself. You gotta continue to be yourself. And I and you brought up a really good point. Everything don't fit. So like we I like talking about podcast stuff, somebody reached out. I don't smoke. I never smoked. I never drank. I never touched drugs. Like I just never did. And um, my big, my older brother's a big influence in that. So that being said, there's there's a situation where this podcast dude was like, "Yo, you got to come to the show," but we smoke on the show, and everybody got to smoke. And I was like, I didn't we didn't respond to it yet, but I'm not gonna put myself. So that not not that his business is bad. It works for him. That's dope for him. But those things don't coincide. Right. And I have to make sure that I'm true to my brand and who I am. His brand and who he is. And we just may not be able to work together at this moment. That's okay. And that's okay. I think one last thing is people have to, they don't have to, but people ought to consider that just because we don't agree, it doesn't mean we have beef. Like Thank we could disagree. We don't have to mess with each other. Yep. Just because we don't mess with each other, that doesn't mean we have a problem. That just means we don't work good together. And that's okay. That's not beef. Just stay on your side. Like, just stay on your side, yeah. bro. Like, I wish you success. It's dope what you're doing on that side. That don't work for me. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's cool. We could both exist. Like, like the point you made about um, sharing knowledge. If I have a business... Right. If I, I, I'm not a realtor, I'm a consultant, but I, I do make money in sales of homes. This dude right here, a lot of the people I deal with also sell homes and we click and we make money with each other. If I can't move this crib, I'm going to help you and you can move this or vice versa. We're all confident. We all get money. But there's some people, but they're not confident. And usually you see they don't really get money like that. 